You're listening to MOG Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel where we will help you to see real and practical Christianity from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today, we're continuing our teaching on Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, yesterday, we stopped at um, verse 9, where we spoke about masters and slaves, God's um, divine wisdom for such relationships. Anyway, today, we're going to be moving on to what we call the whole armor of God, right? From verse 10. And so, we're just going to get right into it. It's going to be, I think, short, in quotes, and concise and good stuff right so says finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might so says brethren be what strong in the lord that means your strength should be found where in the lord and in his power amen verse 11 says put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wells of the devil now when we says put on right it says put on the the whole armor you have to understand that he also used the word put on in other places like it's not that's not the only place that he used put on right um you would see other texts in the same ephesians actually where he will actually say you know you you put on put on put on you understand put on put on put on anyway let me just show you um one or two of those places where he says so okay ephesians 4 verse 22 says that you put off concerning the former conversation that's former behavior the old man which is corrupt according to this this deceitful lusts, right? Um, then verse 24 he says, and that you put on the new man. So when he says put off, put on, what's he trying to like say? Put off, put on. Verse 23 in Ephesians 424, he says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, he's saying that there has to be a change of thought. He's saying that there's a change on your inside, right? Remember that. Um, Ephesians, if you read uh, chapter 5 verse 1, talks about being imitators of, of God as their children, right? So the argument that you have become children of God, right? Um, you now have God's life, God's spirit on your inside. So he's saying that you have to begin to change the way you think, you know, change your mindset. And by changing your thinking according to God's word, you are what? Putting off the old man, right? Yeah, There are things he says you should stop doing. In other words, you are not like this anymore. So when you decide to follow God's word, when you decide to renew your mind, what are you doing? You are putting off the old man. And then what are you doing? You are putting on Christ. Do you understand? You are putting on Christ. So those are just some words that he uses, you know, to explain certain things. It's not like there's physical clothes. So it's a put on, put off. You understand? Look at Ephesians 4.25. Wherefore, putting away lying. So you see the same put, putting on, putting off, putting away lying, you know, speak every man. So yes, it basically put on put off just means start doing stop doing so when he says put on the whole armor of god the whole armor of god is just going to be a consciousness and are you getting what i'm saying the whole armor of god is just going to be a consciousness put on the whole armor of god that you may be able what to stand against the words the wiles of the devil the what wiles the word wild is the trickery the deception of the devil right you know satan's um qualification or his power is actually deception remember genesis bible says that the serpent was subtle you know or more subtle than any creature why did moses who wrote genesis portray the serpent or satan as a serpent because he was trying to show his what subtlety 
how subtle, how trick is it? I don't know. No, I think tricky. It is not trickish. You know, showing his tricky nature. In other words, deception. In other words, he is the father of. As the Bible calls him, he's the father of lies. Do you understand? So what does he do? He comes to deceive you. He comes to bring lies to you. That is that is his his modus operandi. That is how he operates. That is how he gets the believer to fall. He comes with what lies. Do you get? So when he's put on the whole armor of God, I may be able to stand what against the lies. It's more like lies of the devil. His deception. His trickery. His lies. Do you understand? Aha. Uh-huh. And the, the truth about it is that his lies have not changed. What was his lie in Genesis? You know, did God really say? In other words, his his number one um weapon is to get you to doubt what God has said about you. And when you can when you choose to believe Satan over God, then you fall. That is what happened in Genesis. Right? They doubted what God's word said. They doubted God's word. They doubted God's integrity. They doubted God's love. They doubted. They listen to the enemy. You understand? His work is to seduce you from God, seduce you from God's plan, seduce you from God's word, lie to you. You understand? So, what does he do? Because he says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong where? In the Lord, in him, right? How will you be strong in the Lord? You rely on his word. What has he said to you? Be strong in the Lord. Do you get? So, if he can get you away from the Lord, then he can defeat you. Because your strength is found where? In the Lord, be strong where in the Lord. So when you divert or he diverts your attention from there, then he can actually get you and destroy you. So it means that you are looking at a fight of faith here. You get the whole arm of God here. The fight is going to be a fight of faith. He says, I mean, you to stand against the lies of the devil, the trickery, the deception. It's going to be a stand of faith, which is going to be what anchored on God's word. That is where it's going to come. So he now says in verse uh, 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. In other words, we, we our, our battle is not a battle of, of the physical. Our battle is actually a battle of the spiritual. And how are spiritual battles fought? <laughs> you know, how, Because when he says, just all these principalities and powers is just talking about rulers, just talking about wickedness, all this, you know, it's just it's just talking about the devil, right? Devil and his cohorts and all those things. But how do they fight their battles? How that's a very, very good question. How do they fight their battles? I already told you they are lies. Do you understand? So it means that the battle will be where in the mind. If it is lies, right, that he uses to fight, then that means the battle is not physical. The battle is in the mind. So, let me say this. That spiritual warfare is warfare in the mind. What we call spiritual warfare is warfare in the mind. It, it, it is not exactly... Um, because always... Let me even say this. Most of these things that we think are warfare, which is witchcraft and all those things, th- the truth about it is that those things are just a secondary battle. The primary battle is... <laughs> the battle of the mind because the truth is if you can win the battle in the mind you will not even have to face any of those things it is when you lose the battle in the mind that satan now has the ability or the empowerment to go after you with witchcraft and and trickery and all those things or you know all those manifestations in case you don't understand what i'm trying to say it's when you your god's word does not have dominance or preeminence in your mind in other words when you have not fully believed what god's word has said about you right that Satan can attack you so God says you have authority. All authority has been given to us as believers. We share authority with Christ. And then you don't believe that. 
So what happens? The enemy now comes with sickness or disease you cannot stand because you don't believe what he has said. That all authority belongs to you. So, I mean, if you may, some people you may be, oh, I'm bedwetting. Oh, this one, that one. Things are happening to me in my life. On, 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 explain whatever. No, you're just looking at the product of an unrenewed mind. The product of a person who has believed the lies of the devil. You have believed the lies that Satan is more powerful. You have believed Nollywood over God. You understand? So that is what happens. When he can win that battle, you know, in the mind, then you are finished. He gets, uh, because, you know, the Bible actually tells us in another place that the weapons of our warfare, right, are not carnal, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal because we just saw that, um, what do you call it here, that is, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So we're not wrestling against human beings. So let me say this, human beings are not your enemy. The devil is your enemy and so behind every human being that you think is an enemy is going to be satan's own attack do you understand because what is he trying to do remember i said the attack is on the mind and the attack is to get you to not be strong in the lord that means not put your faith in the lord not stay on god's word right but rather stay on the lies of the devil so that's why he says that we that when you put on this armor you'll be able to stand against what the wiles of the devil you understand um you know uh that's how you can stand the wiles of the devil so the bible tells us in annapolis you know that um the weapons of our warfare are not carnal you know but they are what mighty unto god that's second corinthians chapter 10 verse um three so it says for though we walk in the flesh that means talk in, in the physical body. We do not war after the flesh. So it's confirming what we see here in Ephesians chapter 6 verse, you know, I think that's uh, 12. That though we what? Walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. Why? Because for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Why would you war in the flesh when your enemy is not in the flesh? Your enemy is actually in the spirit. And in the spirit, the battle is in the mind. So the enemy is in the spirit. But where is the battle? The battle is in the mind. The battle is fought in the mind. You see that? <laughs> we don't we, we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. We don't battle after the flesh. We don't contend after the flesh. So where do we contend? In the mind. Now look at what 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the what? Pulling down of strongholds. Now look at this pulling down of what strongholds what is a stronghold like a castle or a fortress right aha stronghold it says casting down imagination so we begin to see where the battle is casting down what imagination so what are the strongholds the strongholds we what imaginations ideas thoughts it says and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god are you seeing this so you are seeing this that there is a knowledge of God when it says weapons of our warfare are not carnal what is the weapon of our warfare he tells us here the we- the knowledge of God remember it says here in First um, Corinthians or Ephesians chapter 6 you know verse 10 finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might are you seeing that that is how you are strong in the Lord so here he now says that what that those imaginations and high things and strongholds are usually they usually come against what the knowledge of god are you seeing that so it, it buttresses what we just read how satan works that is he he comes with lies his wiles his deception what's he going after the knowledge of god in us are you seeing that the knowledge of god it's the knowledge of god that he goes after because he knows that if i can knock you out of that if i can make you disbelieve god if i can take you up 
out of God's plan by making you not focus on God, I can get you. You understand? So that means what is most precious in our minds or our thoughts is the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. Knowledge of God's word. What has God said to us? Who is God to us? Do you understand? We must protect that knowledge. You understand? And of course, that just means that the word of God has to be your primary default go-to. You must study the word. You must be conscious of the word. You must like what Joshua said in Joshua 1 verse 8. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall was meditate on it day and night. Day and night. Why? Because the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. The thief comes to what? To steal, to kill, to destroy. So you see that what he comes to steal, right? In fact, we even see in the parable of the sower, he says that the enemy comes to steal what the word. He comes to steal the word. So when we say he comes to steal, his theft is majorly a mind theft. What is he trying to do? He's trying to steal the word. How? By deceiving you and telling you lies about God, right? Aha. You know, in Genesis, it was the knowledge of good and evil. What is that knowledge? That God is not good. You know, God says he's good, but it's actually not good. In fact, it's evil. So it's like, um, how I put it, it's almost an oxymoron. Knowledge of good and evil. So, you know, in other words, to doubt God's integrity, that is Satan's battle in your life. He wants you to doubt who God is to you. Are you seeing that? So, he says, the weapons of warfare are not carnal, they are mighty unto God. For what? Pulling down strongholds, casting out imagination, and every high thing that exerts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Are you seeing that? So, now, the question will be, what is this weapon? The weapon will still be, if I were going to come back and see it, you know, in um, Ephesians chapter 6. But you can actually see it. If, if look at this. If sit, how does Satan go after, you know, go after your mind with thoughts, with ideas, with imagination, strongholds? He wants to plant ideas that become strongholds in your mind, right? To go after what? The knowledge of God. So what do you do? How do you keep the knowledge of God there? You, you keep it there by what? Staying on the word, by enforcing that knowledge, by guarding your heart against certain thoughts. Are you seeing that? That is how you protect it. So it is still the word. The word itself is still the weapon. Are you seeing that? Uh-huh. The knowledge of God is still the weapon. So in other words, you reinforce the knowledge of God on your inside. You reinforce the knowledge of God. That is how Satan will not be able to steal from you. Do you understand? That is how he will not be able to steal from you or kill or destroy. How? Well, you enforce the knowledge of God. So let's come back to um, Ephesians chapter 6. It says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood and all that. But now, he now says verse 13. And remember we said in all this, all these flesh and blood, we don't wrestle against them, but the, 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 the rest in the battle in the mind. Now, why we don't even wrestle against them is because they have already been defeated. Christ has already whipped them. So we don't we can't we don't fight them. Why? Because we are above them. The Bible says we are far above principality and power. We are far above them. They are they are they are they are not in our rank at all. We outclass them, outrank them. We have God's power, God's life. They have no power. Jesus said, All authority is given to me. So it's all authority means that we have all authority over them. You see that? So they are not an issue. But it doesn't mean that Satan cannot talk to you. Satan cannot, has no power. Think about Genesis, right? In Genesis, Satan had no power over man. He did not. But guess what? He could talk to man. When Christ came, Satan had no power over him. But guess what? He could talk to Jesus. Think about it. So the, the, the point of it is that Satan is defeated, but he can talk to you. How? He can talk to you. He can drop thoughts and ideas and all those things to, to try to take you away from God's idea. You know, and this is how he does it. There's this thing we call isolate and destroy. 
right? It's even it's a tactic in the army, it's something that we use. How do you destroy people? You isolate them and destroy them. How does Satan destroy believers? It's simple. Isolate them. What does he do? Isolate them from God's word. Get them to doubt God's word. You understand? Get them to see God as the enemy. Oh, why didn't that healing happen? Why did my parents die? All this one. God is not good and all those things. You begin to doubt God's integrity. What do you do? You now begin to go into a shell of yourself and say, ah, I'm not sure these things are true and all that. And what, you know, eventually you begin to separate. If you're part of a church, you begin to separate from the brethren. You begin to separate. And it is in that place there. He, when he takes you and puts you in a corner, he isolates you. And then he begins to pour thoughts into your mind. You know, I've seen this many years of doing ministry. My little many years of doing ministry. People, it always starts like, it starts with thoughts. It starts with ideas. It starts with mindset. It starts with things. Ah, oh, I'm not, you know. And usually, let me say this. When your prayer life is down, your prayer and word life is down, that is when you'll be attacked. If you can if you can succeed in getting your prayer life down and getting your word life down, you understand, then you realize you are more vulnerable to those ideas and thoughts where he begins to bring suggestions. You know, ah, this is are they really what they say they are? Is God really what he says he is? You know, are you sure you are righteous? You that you are you this sinner. You know, he begins to bring thoughts and ideas like that. And if you have an open and listening ear, what happens is that that thing continues and continues. I've seen people who are very, very after the Lord and everything, he just thoughts like that before you know it they stop coming to church stop coming around they isolate themselves sometimes offense sometimes offense gets you offended at, at people that you should not be at, at the body of christ at your pastor for over some trivial things like that gets you offended and then what happens you begin to separate yourself separate yourself but th- he loves that separation who do you think wins in separation the devil why because when you are in separation you are not going to be strong in the lord and the power of his might you are not you're not going to be, you know, um, brandishing the weapons of your warfare. You're not going to be in a system and encourage you to study the word, to pray, you understand, to fellowship with the Lord. You won't be in that kind of system. Rather, you'll be in a place of decline. You'll be in a place where you are not reading the word. You are exposed. Your thoughts are exposed. And in that place, Satan will bombard your thoughts with lies. You understand? And have you ever realized, have you realized how they say misery loves company? When you are in that place of isolation, when you're in that place where it just feels like, ah, you know, God is work or whatever. You will now find people that also believe the same thing. Satan will bring them around you to enforce that devilish thought in your mind. You understand? So in other words, what does Satan do? What is Satan's work? To build imaginations, to build thoughts. Are you seeing that? To bring things that are, are what do you call it, that will stand against the word of God, right? Every high thing, they exalt themselves above God's word in your mind so that you can actually just be silenced and subdued. So you see, I have a lot of believers that they say, I used to be a believer now, I'm an atheist, I used to be a believer, but now I don't go to church, I used to be a believer, but now, you know, I just do me, I just live my own life, I've changed, I've changed my religion, what, what has Satan done? He has come, you know, to fight a battle and he won it in your mind, he won it in the person's mind, do you understand? So when we even pray for believers, what do we pray for? We pray for their mindset, we pray, you understand, we pray for them, oh Lord, you know, that they will be exposed to the right word, exposed to the things that will help them exposed you understand because the mind is the battlefield your mind is where you either win or lose the battle and let me say this this can even extend even that's even backsliding or whatever this can extend to things like healing for example god what has god's word said god has said that we are healed right that he has, he has told us that god's will is to heal us but then you know you can actually just be um in that place where you are you've prayed and believed and you are not seeing the healing or whatever you understand what are you supposed to do be strong in the lord and in the power of his might you are strong in him and to be strong in the lord is to be strong in the word to stay sit down on the word do you understand because you have to realize that 
in that place of you know of being of being strong in the lord right what are you doing you are insisting that god's word is true and what does the enemy want to do to insist that it's a lie he comes to lie that it's not true and that's why sometimes delayed healing is a work of the enemy when healing is delayed and all that is part of the work of the enemy it's it's to it's like a holding out to to try to discourage you that this 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 word does not work but what do we do we prevail we we push you get it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they are mighty unto god carnal just means they are not normal not natural they are mighty through god to do pulling down strongholds in other words what do we do we take that same word and we pull down those strongholds we insist we say no god's word is true in my life satan you are the liar you are the enemy and we insist we pull down those strongholds we cast them down we throw casting down is a violent term we cast our imagination in other words let me say this you don't entertain thoughts that are devilish you don't what was it devilish satan is subtle so that the, the thoughts don't come as if um they are from him do you get this is a suggestion hmm. this one that you, are, you say you are believing god for healing are you sure you will not just go and take that uh, this thing maybe you say you're not going to take medicine that was your decision i won't take medicine are you sure you will not just or it could be a believing god for let's say you want to study outside the country and you know that there's approval approval on your heart by god and everything and then there's this thing Hmm. Are you sure you will not just start applying for Jamba and write again? You know, it's a small, subtle. See how we came in the garden, right? We said, Did God really say? Do you understand? That kind of thing is subtle. It doesn't sound like the devil. It sounds like you, in fact. It sounds like it's your own thoughts. You are suggesting to yourself, you are being practical, you are being logical. Hmm. I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, how are we sure, eh, how are we sure, this one that God is, uh, you know, or, or maybe it's even holiness, hmm, this one, don't deceive yourself, look, see, you can't really hold yourself sexually, see, you, you know, it's thought, it's the subtlety of the serpent, the subtlety, the, he comes with subtlety, and so we must be clear, the only way we can spot him is by the word, what does the word of God says? see you know it says this it says that we hold on to god's word we cast down those imaginations we are violent we don't allow such thoughts come around we, we are, you know you don't you don't allow him you know even land you just hey shut up devil get out and you go back to god's word god's word says this i believe it he settles it that is how we must approach do you understand so when you now come here you know to verse 13 in ephesians chapter 6 it says therefore take up the whole armor of god you now you better understand what the armor of God. The armor of God will actually be God's word. He says that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. So, you know, the evil day will be the day of deception, right? So, he says, stand therefore. Remember, all this is happening in the mind. Stand therefore, having gathered your waist, you understand, with truth, the truth of God's word having put on the breastplate of righteousness so you know having gathered your ways with truth remember we said it's knowledge it's god's word you understand so you know someone uh this gathered your ways with truth i think is that the belt that's supposed to be like a belt of truth so truth is actually what holds all things together so it says having gathered your ways with truth or the reality of god's word truth of god's word having put on the breastplate of righteousness are you seeing that what is righteousness righteousness by faith in christ Jesus. in other words your righteousness is a weapon realizing what god's word has said about you that you are righteous so even when sin comes and condemnation when you fall into sin or condemnation wants to come what do you do you hold your righteousness like a weapon why because the enemy wants to bring condemnation romans 8 verse 1 you know it says there is no is it romans yeah 
there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But the devil wants to come to tell you that what? There is condemnation. So what do you do? You take up that armor. You get your righteousness in Christ Jesus. It's in knowledge. I am righteous. You understand? Righteousness means I'm right standing. That I stand before God not based on my merits, not based on my qualifications, but based on what Jesus has done. So I stand before God with my righteousness. That is my armor. That is my guard. Do you understand? So the enemy comes and says, you know, you are a sinner. He says, no, I am the righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. He was made sin. Who knew no sin that I become the reward the righteousness of God in him? Look at verse 15. And having shod your feet to the preparation of the gospel of peace. So again, you can see the righteousness is by, how did he come? He came by the gospel. You understand? So, you know, it says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking, now look at this, it says above all. That means this one is very important. It says, taking the shield of what? Faith. Are you seeing that? Which which you quench, be able to quench all the fiery dust of the wicked one. So, remember we said that Satan's, you know, his job is to get you to doubt God's word. So, what are we saying? That you take up the shield of faith. In other words, you must believe God's word. You must stand your ground and say, no, God's word says this. I believe it. It settles it. You stand your ground because the enemy comes, right? He says, you'll be able to withstand to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So if I, what are those darts? Those darts are thoughts. Those doubts are, that, that, are experiences. Those darts are knowledge. They are ideas. They are things that come around. They are circumstances that come around to tell you that God's word is not true. But what do you do? You take up the shield of it. So notice I say you will take up. God will not take it up for you. He has provided it, but you will take it up. You will take up God's faith and say, no, Satan, I believe God's word. I insist on God's word. This is a lie. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So those fiery darts are still his subtlety. He's come to tell you, oh, give up on this. Forget about this. Forget about that. You've been believing God and trusting God for this in your family, in your life. Forget about this. He says, no. Mm-mm. God says, no. That you would what withstand. You would stand with what? The shield of faith. What's that? Faith in Christ. Faith in God's word. Are you seeing that? Okay. Verse 17. And take and the Bible calls him the wicked one. So that guy, his subtlety, right, is is his is an expression of his wickedness. He's not trying to help you. No, that guy is trying to destroy you. He doesn't love you, doesn't care about you, he's trying to destroy you. Amen. And verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. You see again, and the sword of the spirit. So he says, Take the helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation, obviously, is still talking about the knowledge of what God has done, what Christ has done in you. Take up that knowledge, wait, like you know wait let it be you know in front of you let it be a consciousness i'm saved my salvation is secure do you get and the sword of the spirit which is what the word of god are you seeing again that is what it is what the word of god so what is the sword for it's for cutting in other words it's an offensive tool it's not just for defense this is an offensive tool god is saying go on the offense it's not just enough right that you have um what they call it um it's not just enough that you have uh, what's the word? Uh, a defense tactic, but you must have an offense. So it says, the helmet of the spirit, which is the word of, or the sword of the spirit, which is what the word of God. Now that word of God, actually, many people think is actually um, the um, how would I put it? The word, like word, 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 word of God, like you know the Bible and everything. But on closer inspection, you will actually find out that that word, um, as Ephesians six. Uh, that word um word there in the greek <laughs> back to greek that that's verse um yeah verse 18 of verse yeah verse 17 
that word there which is the word of god is actually the word rhema and rhema means an utterance in other words the word of god there is the word of god but is the speakings of god are you seeing that is the utterance of god the speakings of god right which is which makes sense because the next thing he now says is what praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit are you seeing this so what does that mean it means that the sword of the spirit is prayer <laughs> the sword of the spirit is prayer so he's saying that as much as uh, there's a consciousness and awareness there's faith and everything but you must not neglect prayer in this battle against the wiles and the deception of the enemy prayer is a is a force you must raise up your prayer life is extremely important are you seeing that it says what it says praying with all praying always what how many times should you pray it says always in other words have a consistent prayer life don't skip a day of prayer. Always pray. Spend time praying. Invest a lot in your prayer life. Why? Because it is one of the ways that you are able to detect Satan's wiles and withstand it. Remember I said earlier that when you are not praying, you are actually very, very, very vulnerable. You are you just you can be studying all the Bible, but if you are not praying, you just the en- the power, the energy, the life that you use, you know, to withstand it. You're just not there. You are just vulnerable. Remember, I said it's the sword. What's the what is the good of having armor and then you cannot attack? Do you understand? You cannot because sometimes the best form of defense is to attack so he says he says praying with always with all prayer and what supplication in the spirit so not just pray prayer in english but prayer in the spirit praying in tongues actually that's what it means praying in the spirit just you spend time praying consistently in the spirit he says being watchful to this end are you seeing that so when i am a person of prayer what am i doing i'm being a watchman i'm watchful i'm watchful of the devil that is how the devil right when he tells you that put on the whole armor of god i may be able to begin to stand against the, the deception of the devil the lies of the devil you must a person of prayer is a person that is also immune to deception do you understand as much as the other things we mentioned but you know in the mind but prayer also helps you to win you know it helps to be watchful are you seeing that it helps you it, it strengthens you right that is part of how you are you are strong in the lord and in the power of his might so being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the sins so in other words you don't just pray for yourself you pray for others why because we are a body so you don't just pray for yourself pray for other saints pray for other believers pray for your family pray for your friends in, in you know in christ why because sometimes um, how i put it they may not be covered themselves you can cover them by the place of prayer or with the place of prayer hallelujah okay then he says verse 19 and for me that utterance may be given to me that i may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which i'm an ambassador in chains that in it i may speak boldly as i ought to speak okay so uh, that's just talking about preaching the gospel amen so we're able to see clearly how where the battle is i hope that this has been quite expository to you and you're able to see where you're probably missing it you get so what is my admonition to you take up that armor that armor you already have it when he says put on you already have it god is not telling you to put on what you don't have he has already given you those tools so what do you do put on the armor get a prayer life stay on god's word that is how you are able to defend and protect yourself from satan's tools so if you're not praying you don't have god's word in you you're not conscious of god's word you're not conscious of your salvation or your righteousness or all those things what's going to happen to you you will be easy prey for devil the thief comes to steal to kill to destroy bible says he moves around like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour he cannot devour someone that has the armor on he can only devour the believer that does not have armor amen or has armor but refuses to wear it okay 
all right guys i believe that this is a powerful message that you need to share with friends and family so go share it do you understand let people be aware and conscious of these things okay and i'll catch you guys tomorrow maybe same time bye bye if this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question you can head over to my instagram that's pst.sen pst.essien see you there